Welcome to the BG Podcast, conversations at the intersection of business, community, and public policy from the Austin metro and around Texas. You can find this episode and prior recordings at www.binghamgp.com slash podcast and on iTunes and Google Play. Hello, this is AJ Bingham, CEO of the Bingham Group, and welcome to the BG Podcast. We have on our show today returning guest, Anique Baudet. She is the assist- and assistant director at the Austin Transportation Department and also, most recently, the co-lead for the for Austin's Land Development Code rewrite. Welcome to the show, Anique. Thank you, AJ. It's good to be back. Well, I think last time we talked, we spoke, it was about the uh, Strategic Mobility Plan, and yes. that's uh, was a quick update on that. That's passed already on council? It passed in April. Okay, I know there's a lot of work. Um, there's a lot of done. work. It was a really exciting day um, for Austin mm-hmm. uh, to have a new, um, perfectly bold, in, in my opinion, uh, vision for transportation for Austin. So it was a real exciting day in April, and I appreciate you having us on the show to socialize a lot of the issues me- leading up to that vote. Great. And we'll put, we'll put that uh, that show and also kind of the, the finalized version in our show notes to, for that as well. So getting to the topic at hand, the LDC, the Land Development Code, uh, we won't use refer to it by the prior, prior name at all. I don't want to get uh, snapped. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you just give us a real quick update on what this new role is for you for people who aren't familiar. The sure. Role you're, you're taking. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be co-leading the Land Development Code revision as it started up um, really over the last year with the city manager talking to a lot of folks and understanding where we needed to go with regards to the, vis- the revision of, of our code. Since May 2nd, when the council voted on specific policy direction for the LDC revision, staff's been hard at work. My role, uh, I'm really feel, I really feel fortunate to be in the role that I am because uh, in the planning industry, we say a good land use plan is also a good transportation plan. Mm-hmm. And so when Imagine Austin was adopted, the code rewrite was an important initiative, but also updating our transportation vision and our transportation plan was also an important aspect of, of that. They're two sides of the same coin. And we have, you know, how, it depends on how you look at it. From a planning perspective, we should be the envy of a lot of cities in the nation doing land use and transportation at around the same time frame, doing that planning at the same time. And so we were working on both. The mobility plan adopted in April. It just happened to be the first one out the gate, but they're so related. And so I feel really fortunate um, to be in this role because I really understand what's in that transportation plan. And now I can bring my expertise in land use. I have done zoning at the city before and land use planning. Mm -hmm. I did neighborhood planning back in the early 2000s. So I've had experience in both over my planning career um, and feel like this is the right place for me to be bringing it together um, and doing things different for different results this time around with the specific council direction that we have. And I like to say that what we're doing now is learning from the past, taking care of the present, and we'll talk a little bit more about what that means and planning for the future with the code. Yeah, excellent. So what's been going on just the the day-to-day the last uh, several weeks? Lots of meetings. Yeah? Yeah, lots of meetings. Just uh, neighborhoods and kind of the... Internal and also external. So uh, just the team is making ourselves available. And I'll talk a little bit about the structure. So Mm -hmm. uh, the city manager put into place uh, a fantastic structure where we have expertise from across departments, um, really 
you know, leading edge. There's some really smart people who work at the city. I mean, Austin just in itself, there's so so much cutting edge industry here. There's experts in in across all industries, and mm-hmm. and definitely at the city, we have really really excellent folks at Watershed, at our Parks Department, um, in our Planning Department, at our Transportation Department. So. We have a leadership team. We have a core team of folks who are working almost 100% on the code, and then we pull in auxiliary folks as needed, like super, uh, sub, you know, detailed subject matter experts. So there's been round-the-clock internal meetings, looking at the council direction, looking at our previous work with the code, and fine-tuning. Mm-hmm. Concurrent with that. We've been receiving information organically from folks who are paying attention, neighborhood groups, um, nonprofits, like for example, the Downtown Austin Alliance. Um, I just met earlier today with Hancock Neighborhood, uh, went around, they showed me some things that they thought was important um, it, within the guideposts of the council direction. And I think that's really important is as I've been meeting with the community, um, everybody's been real cognizant that there's been clear direction on some of the hard issues and and everyone's been giving feedback to the team within those guideposts so that's much appreciated I know that there's um, we've been meeting one-on-one with council offices as well who are wanting to understand how their constituents whether they're neighborhood groups or individuals can get information and so um, we've been agreeing to do that and it's been very helpful the feedback that we've been getting so met with the parks foundation recently as well um we've met with uh, numerous folks and it's been very helpful good um just to to pull let's take a step back for those who maybe aren't familiar with the prior iteration or the current uh, rewrite of the ldc um can you explain just how important this is for the city so for 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 a straight civilian how important it's so important an analogy I like to make is, you know, if you go to the doctor and you tell them what's 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 bothering you and they have a book from 1985 and a book from 2019 and they pick up the 18, the 1985 one and start looking to figure out how mm-hmm. to treat you, you're going to be like, uh, I like that. I like that. <laughs> so it's, it's really important that we have modernized regulations that meet the new, the existing demographics and needs that we have for taking care of people who are here but also planning for the future and what is that going to look like in the future and how does do our land uses and our mix of uses and most importantly affordability and housing capacity how is that going to take care of who's here now and also plan for the future and it's and it's an important balance Um, and so it's very important it's a very important because we are um, one of the fastest growing metropolitan statistical areas in in the nation Mm -hmm. and so we have to do planning right and the code is a tool to do planning right Um, and so it's going to affect things to the everyday person um, like uh, housing choices Uh, uh, we need a diversity of housing choices um, in different price ranges different sizes that type of thing um, we need to look at the environment. We need to look at parkland. And so the code is looking at zoning and non-zoning regulations alike uh, to make sure that, like I said, we're taking care of who's here now, but also planning for the future. So it's, it touches everything. Anything that you see in Austin, from the parking on your street um, to, the, to the types of housing in your neighborhood to how far jobs are from your neighborhood, the code affects that. But the code isn't 
isn't the answer to solving all those problems. I think that's the flip side. It's important to know that it's very important, but there's programming, there's our capital improvement program, there's bond programs, there's all kinds of other programming that have to work together with the code to uh, keep Austin the Austin that we want it to be and have quality of life for all. Mm -hmm. I know, so you've been meeting with with, uh, several groups or or different parts of the community over the last few weeks. Do you have planned um, this next few months set a kind of open community engagement uh, forum, if you will, or places where people Good who question. aren't as, who aren't as, I guess, tied in the city can can reach out to y'all or, or, or interact with the, your team? Yeah, absolutely. Good question. So the timeline that was released in late July by the city manager has um, us releasing a draft a new zoning map and code on October 4th. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we plan to have what we're calling an open house, but we're still taking input on what that might look like uh, as far as engaging with the general public. And we'll be relying on our corporate public information office, of course, to help us promote that throughout the community. And you know, I'm hoping that similar to the strategic mobility plan, we can do things differently for different results and really Uh, bring folks in um, who don't traditionally engage with planning processes and being creative with how we do that. Um, Because the process previously had been going on for a while, like you said, there's a lot of people who really understand what's going on, but some maybe don't, and this is a good time to bring some fresh eyes into a fresh new process. So office hours uh, will be promoted uh, to the general public, whereby that's more of a one-on-one where a property owner, a renter, just a resident in general could come talk about a specific a specific property and try to understand what might happen with it. Um, and then the open house where it would be more a more holistic view of the code because as I talked about be- before, the, the code touches a lot of areas from parkland, impervious cover, types of housing, a lot of different things. So that, those, that will all happen in October. Also, we've heard from um, several council members who will likely have um, town halls of their own that their district members mm-hmm. are used to seeing. Uh, and so that will be yet another avenue for residents to get involved and learn about the code. Got you. And then can you touch on, I mean, just as much as you co- could share, like some of the, the highest priority areas of the LDC rewrite? I mean, I know it's... In that vein of it's, I mean, it's all-encompassing, right, for the city, but are there key ports that, um, of yes. the code that, you know, like, you're, that need more, product, like, you know, your heart heart surgery versus, you know, removing maybe like a mole, right? Yeah. Like, what parts, yeah. You yeah. Touched on the top three, so the big three. the zoning chapter. Mm-hmm. The zoning chapter is getting a complete overhaul, modernization uh, to um, how uses... Um, and regulations for how things are built on land are, are changing a bit. And, you know, the staff, we've looked at the past 25 years, 30 years of um, prohibitions and different specialized types, types of zoning restrictions that have been put on properties for restricting uses or restricting heights or things like that. At the Housing and Planning Council Committee work session this past Tuesday, mm-hmm. We touched on that in the previous process, we looked at around 4,000 conditional overlays, which is a a technical term for um, a a combining district with a zoning district that can prohibit things. And uh, and so with the new code and the new zoning districts, we looked for patterns in, in those restrictions 
um, so that we can just codify zoning districts that allow the things that we want and then create n newer districts that allow those things that have been disallowed in the past and that way we, we just have a, a better set of tools by which to, to do city building. Mm -hmm. um, so the zoning code is really important. I would say that's the heart. But, but similar to that is the parkland and the water quality and the drainage aspects that come along with that, which we're really trying to be creative with as well. Yeah. Um, how so? Just tying back to the the transportation plan, how will that tie into it? I mean, how like, is it like yeah. a Lego thing? I mean, was they asked when you yeah when your department with AT when ATD was formulating that and, and getting it finalized, is the plan for an eventual LDC draft to plug into that automatically? Kind of their their kind of parts of the code that are just waiting to be filled and connected, or has I'm just making that yeah. white, my, whiteboarding my mind. But no, it's a how, really really good question. And if you look at the the May second council direction, and one of the first things out the gate is a code that promotes the 50-50 mode share goal of the Austin Strategic Mobility Plan, mm -hmm. and how that's come into play is with the transition zones. So what council has asked us to do is to look at the transit priority network as it's uh, defined and designated in the mobility plan where we worked very closely, as you know, from, from the last time I was on the show with Project Connect and with Capital Metro on their five-year service plan um, to really uh, understand what type of projects need to be on the books and approved in a transit priority network in a transportation plan so they have teeth and the right-of-way that we need that we can get as development happens along those corridors we're not missing out mm -hmm. and so that we can protect our ability to do investments in transportation in the future so with the land code revision again the two sides of the same coin council has said go forth and look at applying missing middle housing through zoning regulation changes within, um, they put it a two to five block area from the tr transit priority network as per the strategic mobility plan. And so- Real quick, yeah. sorry, what is, what is missing middle for those who don't know? Yeah, I know. missing I know, middle is a planning term and thank you for asking to clarify that. So a lot of what you see in many uh, major cities or cities across the US is single family housing mm -hmm. and then large multi uh, family uh, complexes like apartments like such, like kind big of. big apartment complexes right so missing middle is somewhere in the middle it's a smaller apartment complex or, or as we like to describe it if you could just think of the words house scale multi units so duplex being on the lower end of what we say missing middle and then maybe a fourplex or a sixplex or an eightplex or maybe even a twelveplex as you go up in scale and then you, when you start getting to even 50 units like that's a big apartment complex already I've, we, we have a lot of 300 you know 200 unit apartment complexes so it's just having a, a better stratification from one house one unit to a 300 unit complex having more of a middle ground of of some house scale that where the actual product kind of looks like a big house but it might have four units in it you see a lot of that in the midwest um, we have some of it in, in Hancock area. I just came from when I um, met with some folks up there. 
but but it's not the norm. Mm-hmm. And we want to see more of that because what we do know um, from the strategic housing blueprint that was passed by council, another, another great policy document that's walk, working in concert with the code and the mobility plan. Like I said, we should be the envy of the nation of doing all this planning together at the same time. And not one thing and then 10 years later do transportation and then five years later do the code like we're, it's happening all in a very tight time frame which is magical in yeah. my opinion i mean it's it's pretty cool and i think the public should think that's pretty cool and have some hope um for the future but missing middle is just the smaller multi-unit um uh, housing okay Gotcha. Yeah, so the transition zones is where we're looking to look at zoning districts that would allow a little more of that. Um, but we're also being cognizant of affordability and making sure and trying to find a balance between adding more units um, by right, as it's called, versus with a density bonus for some sort of affordability for those new units. So by right, meaning you just... Just it's allowed. It. Just loud, it's just okay. allowed. So accessory dwelling units has been talked a lot about um, with this council and past councils um, over the years. You know, what what I'll age myself, what we used to call them garage apartments. I mm-hmm. lived in one when I was 18 in, in Travis Heights um, when I was going to UT. So um, just really figuring out how to the code can make it simpler to do there's a lot most if not all residential zoning districts allow some sort of secondary unit now Um, it's just that it's super complicated to understand how to do it sometimes and so we're trying to make it simpler and then maybe add some more in that transition zone in support going back to the transit question of uh, the ability to um, improve transit ridership and therefore improve um, transit reliability and speed so those two things go together and and you know I like to say in theory too it's the green dividend as well that when you have more sustainable transportation it actually saves people money if they're able to live in a more modest size home um, in an area closer to their job and then also take the bus maybe not all the time maybe they can go from a two-car family to a one-car family um, it makes all the difference over time. And, and that's the one thing I want to stress too, is like all of these things, like in, in, in my planning mind, I can think 100 years in the future, um, and these things are gonna take time. It's not, it's not gonna happen overnight, but if we don't think about them now altogether, they're definitely not gonna happen 100 years from now. Yeah, I understand that. Are there other agencies or other municipal entities that are maybe that directly involved with the LDC re- rewrite, but that are, you know, you're engaging with? so? outside of city departments um, like the development services or Austin Water um, are you, is there Good any tie in with the county or um, you know Cab Metro I imagine some capacity on the transit side yeah good question so um Travis County recently reached out so we'll be meeting with them soon to understand um, how title 30 uh, might Which is what? be affected. Yeah, so Travis County um, definitely has reached out, so we're setting up some meetings with them. And Title, title 30 is? It's a part of the Land Development Code that um, we share uh, regulations with the county. Okay. So in the ETJ, in the extraterritorial jurisdiction, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we have a shared agreement with the county. And so to the extent we're changing regulations, we need to make sure that they're on board with those where, where they use um, our code which is Title 30 um, in the county. Okay. So um, Austin Independent School District is a really important partner uh, that that we'll be meeting with soon. Um, they've reached out as well. 
to talk about things that A, they may need that might make things easier, um, more predictable, maybe less expensive for them in the future, which would be fantastic, but also how they might inform some things that we're doing. Um, so definitely Cap Metro, our most recent meeting with Cap Metro Project Connect team was looking at the Federal Transportation Administration um, guidelines for new starts and small starts grant funding for high capacity transit and looking and making sure that we're keeping those um, uh, density numbers in mind, um, housing and employment, it's not just housing um, numbers as we're doing our mapping and following the council direction on the capacity that they told us. So I'm trying to think who else, but AISD and the county for sure, um, and I'm sure there'll be, be more as we continue through the process. I think the major ones. Um, is there any other things, just like just currently right now, do you want the public to know about the process? Um, I think we covered a good amount of it, but you know, anything coming up? Uh, so this, this episode we're recording now on August 16th. We plan on posting it back to our first episode on September 4th, so it'll be a Wednesday. Okay. Um, so is there anything going on in September that folks should be aware of? Yeah. Or they, or, and also where they can yeah. go, and this, this will be in our show notes, any sources online where they can go to get updated information. Yeah. So uh, we will we plan to be briefing council at upcoming work sessions. So that's uh, one place to look for some information um, that might be new that's coming out of the process. Uh, so the next one is next Tuesday, August 20th, is a council work session. And then we may have some special called work sessions in September. Okay. But definitely September 17th is a, is a one that's already on the books, and we will have a slot to update council on the latest that we're up to at that point in on the process. On their Tuesday work session. Yeah, gotcha. Tuesday on the 17th. So this coming Tuesday and then Tuesday the 17th are already scheduled work sessions where the code will be an item and we'll be briefing the council on the latest and greatest of what we're up to. We hope to have a few special called, one likely in September, date to be determined, um, but will be on our website, which I will cite in a second. Um, and then we will probably have a special called at some point by the end of August as well, date still to be determined. Um, so we do have a web presence for the new process, which is austintexasoneword.gov forward slash LDC. All right. Well, and that will be in our show notes as well. Thank you. All right. Well, Neek, thank you for your time um, again, and love to yeah, have you back on um, as this process uh, reaches a reaches a final conclusion, positive conclusion. Yeah, it's been it's been uh, it's been really exciting to work with my colleagues this um, in this way. We are just very committed um, to having having a new a new medical journal. Yes. <laughs> to go back to my original analogy that was, that's very uh, for Austin. So thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to today's BG podcast. You can find this episode and prior recordings at www.binghamgp.com slash podcast and iTunes and Google Play. Subscribe to stay current on future posts.